People Church, so glad to have you with us today. We're gonna worship. Come on, let's lift our voice, lift up hands. We're gonna sing this amazing song, Fall. You ready? Come on. Jesus. My eyes above what it looks like. My eyes above what it looks like. I will only see all you promise me my eyes above what it looks like my eyes above what it looks like i want what you want i want kingdom come oh jesus we want kingdom above what it looks like my eyes above what it looks like I will only see all you promise me my eyes above what it looks like my eyes above what it looks like I want what you want I want kingdom come let the weight of heaven breaking I can feel it heaven come down heaven come down something's changing in the spirit something's breaking I can feel it heaven come down heaven come down
atmosphere is shifting. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. I have found breathing room. My soul can rest in you. Jesus. 
there's power in the name of Jesus. And that's something that we say, not just because it's part of the song, but we actually believe that. We believe it so much that we believe that saying that name right now can actually break something in your life right now, wherever you sit. You may be in your home watching this through a TV or on your computer. But the fact is, the name of Jesus is no less powerful simply because we are not present in your room with you. Because the fact is, Jesus is present in your circumstance. He's present in that moment. And what that means is we can declare that name boldly. Not just because it's Christian rhetoric. There's actually authority behind that name. See, a lot of people think the Bible is just words on a piece of paper. Nothing more, just a book. Maybe some encouraging things, some, some good principles to live your life by. But the fact is, it's so much more than that. In fact, I would say it's not so much the piece of paper and what is written on it that changes our life, but what's behind it. If you and I were to receive a letter from the IRS that said we were being audited, you wouldn't be afraid of that just because of what's written on the piece of paper. You would actually change your life because there's some authority behind that paper that changes what you do in the same way. The Bible says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been put into the name of Jesus, that at that name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and we will say that name boldly. We do not care if 2020, the odds are stacked against us. If we've got to film in an alley or if we have to film in a gym, we do not care because the name of Jesus is so important. It is so powerful that we are desperate to get that message to you because we know it'll break things. It'll break things in your life. It'll break things in a worship song. It'll break things in a message because the authority that's behind it has been put in the hands of you and I and we can break things in our life. And today we are believing that this service is gonna be so much more than a service for you. We're believing that your life is actually gonna be transformed. If you got invited to this service and you didn't even know what you were in for, hey, we believe boldly that this is something that can change your life and we don't believe this is an accident. So with all that being said, I just wanna say, Welcome to People Church. We are so glad you're with us this morning. It's going to be an amazing message. It's going to be an amazing service. So we hope you're ready. Get settled in. Take a breath. Worship is powerful. But there's so much more in this service today. So why don't you take a minute, say hi to the people around you at your watch party, give some high fives or some fist bumps, whatever you're comfortable with. And let's get ready to strap in for the word. Let's go. Hey, what's up? Welcome for those of you that are just tuning in. My name is Jake and I'm on team here at People Church. And we're so excited you're with us here at Church Online, whether you're viewing on YouTube or Facebook. Let us know in the chat below where you're viewing from, wherever you are in the world. We love meeting new people. And hey, if you are new, don't worry, we've all been there. And you probably got one or two questions. One, you wanna know who we are, what we're about, what we believe, or two, you're looking at how you can get connected, how you can get plugged in. So we've actually got a solution for both of those problems. In a minute, I'm gonna introduce you to Renee. Renee is our digital assistant. She is the bridge between your world and our world. So whether you wanna know what's going on in the life of church or if you're figuring out, hey, do I wanna be in a girl group? What's going on outside of just Sundays? All of that is right there in Renee. So why don't you take a minute and we're gonna meet Renee. Church, you'll find connection and relationship. We like to say it this way, your best life is just a few relationships away. So how do you go about finding your people? That's where I come in. My name is Renee and I'm here to help. We've created a central digital space where the people, the information, and the relationships you're looking for are easily accessible. All you have to do is shoot me a text of the word home and follow the prompts. And in about 20 seconds, you're in. Now you're part of our digital space where you can look around and get a feel for everything that's happening and all of the things you can be a part of. Whether you want to know what's coming up, which one of our services suits you or your friends, find a night out at one of our hangouts, join a grow group, or even if you want to find a place where you can serve, it's all in one easily accessible place. Essentially, your next greatest relationships are at your fingertips. Think about it this way. I'm here to help make this your home. So whether you're ready to dive right in or you just want to sit back and take a look around, Let's communicate until we connect. With you, for you, Renee. So that's it, that's Renee, and that's what she's all about. Now, if you wanna take that next step, right now, just go ahead and text HOME to the number below, 
and that'll get you all the information that you need to know to get plugged in. For the rest of us, we're gonna take a minute and see what's coming up in the life of our church with Church News. What's up, People Church? My name is Maddie, and this is Church News. Grow groups, who loves their grow group? I know I do. We here at People Church, we believe that life moves at the speed of your relationships. We want you to get connected to people, to hang out with people, and to do life together. We have grow groups around the city for every season of life. You can sign up for a grow group through Renee using the slash command grow groups. Growth Track is happening November 4 and November 11. Growth Track is a two-week Wednesday night journey here at People Church. The first week is This Is Home. You learn about us, where we've been, where we're headed, and a little bit more about our church. Week two is all about you. Week two is an interactive strengths workshop where you can learn more about yourself and how you can be a part of the vision of our church. Sign up for Growth Track through Renee using the slash command Growth Track. Church, we just wanna thank you so much for partnering with us and for your generosity in this time. Since March, we've set up our COVID-19 support fund where we have raised just over $24,000 through our Love Is Ministry, where we are able to give back to the community. We've been able to help people with rent, utilities, and just in other financial ways that they've been hit by the pandemic. If you feel it on your heart to be generous and give toward our COVID-19 fund, you can do so through Renee using the slash command gift. If you are in need of financial support during this time, we are here for you. You can go through Renee using the slash command serve request and choose love is in the drop down. Well, that's all I have for you today, church. And now let's get ready to kick off our new series, Leadership. What's up, people, church? So good to have you here in our new series, Leadership. See what we did there? We split the two words up. I don't know if you can see the graphic back there. It's like a ship, it's an ocean. Kelly Gooding loves it. She's already writing notes. We are here in our, she's shaking her head, just doing this. You can't do that in a screen, like you're just sitting there in a crowd. I don't think you're writing notes the whole message, Kelly. We are in a, our, our new setting and uh, we are excited, a new series, Leader. Ship, we have our team here. We are getting, come on. We're getting to, to back to live services soon and this is a step towards it. But leadership, why are we preaching that? Because leadership is obviously a series that, uh, well, a lot of people have asked for us to talk about leadership and why do we need it? There's a lot of talk about self-leadership and the reality is we need it so that we could get somewhere. And so we're gonna talk about leadership in every single facet that we can, but I wanna put this out there. Maybe you are not where you want to be because you're not getting there or driving or following the right things. So we're gonna talk through that today. We're gonna pray right now. We're gonna believe that God's gonna move. It's gonna be amazing. You're gonna like write emails about how great it is. Whatever, it's just a typical People Church series. Am I right, Kelly? Still going, still going. All right, let's go. Father, we just thank you that you're in this room. Father, and we pray. That, Lord God, no matter where anybody finds themselves, Lord God, that in this message right now, they would find you, they would find their purpose. I pray, Father, for the critic, for the person that thinks they're the furthest from God, those that think you're not real. Father, I thank you that you're a God that shows up just when we're not sure if you're there and you teach us, Lord God, that you love us, that you've got plans for us and that there's another way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that, like, in the, in the New Testament, you often hear them reference uh, us as Christians, and they say that we are, they, they are of the way, right? They are of the way, kind of, we're called the way. That's, and when you unpack that, I think it's also kind of relevant because it speaks to Jesus being the way, the truth, and the light. The way, the truth, the way is probably a great way to explain leadership. Leadership is not just that you're going somewhere, it's the way that you're gonna get there. And the way determines the destination. If you don't have the right way, you just don't get there. And I want to put this out there. For anybody that's out there that says, man, I'm not sure if Jesus is real. I don't know if church is for me. If you would consider yourself like, I'm not really a spiritual person, or maybe you're super spiritual and like your spirituality is incense. I just feel like if someone considers themselves spiritual, you've got to have incense, right? Like if you don't know Jesus, but you're still spiritual, incense is your, is your jam, right? You love it. Incense, yoga mats are definitely part of that. I digress. But... Um, <laughs> Nonetheless, we're not sure if God is who He's called to be or if He's real. Let me just tell you right now that if you are frustrated in life, 
If maybe you've come across this YouTube channel just by chance, maybe a friend invited you, I wanna tell you that there is a way. Why does that matter? Because I think my most anxious moments in life have come from a lack of seeing how I might get out of where I am. Like we don't think of leadership as that way, but I've got to tell you when I had my anxiety attack and I lost my mind, the, the thing that perpetuated more anxiety was the fact that I thought this is the end of the road for me. Like there is no more. I can't get out of this. Like med med medication is my only way out. Like doctors tell me that depression is a, is a condition that I will live with, not maybe the reality of some baggage I haven't unloaded. And I think the most just like dark place you could be is not knowing that there's a way out. That there is not a way. And this is why this is relevant. If you're standing there and you're like, man, I, I'm just watching this, but I'm not sure about this whole church thing. We are talking about the very fact that Jesus comes into this existence and he gives himself one of the most amazing titles that you could ever have. He tells us, I am the way, which is a bold statement. Because he's basically coming into a world that is lost. So if you've ever felt like, man, I'm lost, or if you've ever felt like, man, I'm steeped in darkness, or man, I don't even know what's true anymore, Jesus comes in and introduces himself with all three titles, basically saying, hey, first of all, I'm the way. If you're wondering how to get to a better day, if you're wondering how do you get out of your pain, guess what? I'm the way. That's what Jesus tells us. Secondly, if you're wondering, I don't even know what's true anymore. I mean... Oh, during the presidential debate, I was watching, straight away I flicked to like Fox, and it was like, can I just tell you, Trump killed it. And then you go to CNN, and it's like, can I just tell you, Trump killed it. He killed it in the worst way. Like, it's just so, and you don't know what's true anymore. Because truth, in this world, is so difficult to navigate. What's even true about you? Your mom? You're special. Do I just believe what mom said or do I believe what experience has told me? What do I believe? Jesus introduces himself yet again. He says, I am the truth. So not only am I the way, I'll tell you what's actually real in this world. And often we believe a lie about ourselves and maybe you're not where you want to be because you're stuck in a lie that was designed to keep you where you are. He is the way, the truth. And then he says, I am the light, like life. He is everything that we need. And I just think this series is going to be one that changes us. And if you don't know Jesus, you got everything to gain from this series and nothing to lose. And if you are a Christian, I want to tell you that just being a Christian alone doesn't mean that you don't need a daily reminder that He is the way. Because we often embrace Him as a, a, as a truth, but we forget that He's also the way. So we make the way every other vessel and every other thing around life. Like we just, the way is to my dreams is actually excelling in my corporate career, not really understanding and embracing my calling. Yes, Jesus is real, but I don't have time for my calling because it's scary because it means I have to abandon every other way that keeps me safe. And when Jesus says this crazy statement about he is the way, you got to understand, although that is awesome on our, our worst day where we don't know how to get out, it is most challenging on your best day. I'll tell you why. Because if there is only one way, that means that you've got to abandon all other comforts that might make you feel safe. Because he's saying, hey, by the way, your bank account's not the way. People loving you, that's not the way. Every comfort zone you've got is not the way. I'm, I'm the way. And I want to challenge us in this series for those of us that started playing a safe Christian life who thought that the premise of following Jesus is the fact that you and I will never be challenged and never have to run. And 2020 came out here like, oh my gosh, God, are you real? Can I just tell you God knew 2020 and all the things that had happened in it, the fact that Olive Garden now is even making you pay for breadsticks, okay? It's dark, people. It's dark. It's a dark year. They're not even giving free breadsticks anymore. I mean, God, that, that, that was the part broke some people. Olive Garden's making us pay for breadsticks. 2020 vision. And the truth is that I think as Christians, we get comfortable and we forget the fact that Jesus told us to go. He actually got us to wait in a moment in the upper room in Acts, waited for the Spirit to come, basically straight fire and empowerment to what? To go. Your life is about movement. And that very fact is both our strength, and I'm going to put it this way also, it is our number one weakness. 
The fact that you and I must keep moving is what also makes us really susceptible to attack. Why? I guess this is a great time to introduce the subject for today. And it is this. We can't help but follow. But Chris, we're talking leadership. Yes, but you've got to understand this. It's like, you know, what came first, the chicken or the, the, the egg type thing? Well, I think that what comes first in leadership, because we know that God existed from the get-go, then there must be, leadership doesn't come first, followership does. Because wow. he's already been there, so therefore I am not. So if you want to lead, you've got to understand you can't help but follow. Like you can't help but follow. Like it is in you, whether you like it or not. And people are like on the other side of this, like, nah, I'm a leader. Like this is for somebody else. Can I tell you, you are a follower. You are a hardcore avid follower and you follow so many things in your world that you probably don't even understand that you're following, but you follow them. And you know what's the number one reason you follow? Because you've got a deep desire and innate woven within you desire and necessity to get somewhere. And anybody that needs to get somewhere knows that you need a way to get there. The first thing you do is you decide that you want to go. And the second question is typically, how will I get there? Right? And our desires make us susceptible. I remember when the iPhone first came out and I was selling stuff on eBay at the time, right? I was making, I had a little bit of a side hustle before side hustles were even known. Okay. Does that make me super old? Maybe. But I remember like I was, I was in ministry. I was a youth pastor. Uh, I was on the John the Baptist wage. Right? Straight locusts and camel hair. That was what I was dressed in. And uh, I needed a side hustle. And so I was selling stuff on eBay. And I remember I was like, man, what does everybody want? Everybody wanted an iPhone. So I was like, done. And I look on this website on where I could find iPhones. It was called DHgate. It's where I got my golf clubs. It's where I was selling everything else. I was selling Ray-Bans back in the day. Um, and I was like straight up like a guy on the New York street, you know, but on the internet. You want watches? Like... And basically, Mel's like, that's not good. It's great, Mel. <laughs> and then, um, so I thought, oh. So I get an email from someone in Nigeria saying, I will sell you iPhones. I was like, awesome. <laughs> Ito just was like, really? Why is it going to be Nigeria? Why is it going to be Nigeria, though? So I'm like, I go in, man. I go in heavy. I, I, I sold everything. And like I gave all my proceeds that I just made and I bought iPhones that never arrived and never really existed. And the reason is, prime example of you can't help but follow. You know what I was following? Instead of actually thinking this is not a sound investment and makes no sense, I haven't even seen these iPhones, my desire to keep moving in life and have more made me follow a lie because I was just wanting to get there. And that's the thing about fellowship. You can't help but follow. And you might not be following a person, but you're following your desires. You might be not following a person, but I guarantee you, you're following a career. You're following a, a person because they're the key to happiness. You're following an ideology. You're following politics because you think it's going to give you the nation and the conditions of living that you want. We follow, aka vessels, because they're gonna get us to the destinations that we wanna to get to. And the vessel is interchangeable, but the fact remains that you will follow the thing that you think will get you to the place you desire most. And if that is happiness, if that is notoriety, if that is significance, whatever you see as the vessel that will get you there will actually be the very thing you follow. So there you go, we can't help but follow. We can't help it. It just is within us. So the question is this, if we can't help but follow, we've got to get to a better like, understanding of the vessel. And I want to read you a, a, a verse. It's well known. It's like all through the Bible. You've probably read it many a time. If you're new, I'll read it for you because we're a full service church. You know what I mean? We've got a screen here today. We're leveling up. We're leveling up, guys. I'm going to put my hands in my pockets while I read because I just feel it makes me smarter. Right? Thank you, Jake. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. That just seems so ironic to me. Like, come on, Jesus, really? Like, we're, literally, waves are coming in. He's like, really? No faith. I feel like that's kind of justified. Do you ever feel like, it? I feel like that? We don't always side with the disciples. I think we kind of kind of side with the disciples there because I think sometimes 
you would think it is justified to panic, but apparently not. He's like, guys, really? Just a little water? Just a, just a little 10 foot waves? And you're freaking out? Yes, Jesus. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Because we're in a storm. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? You gotta understand that at this point, they don't know who's in the boat with them. And I would say to you that the reason we feel justified about our panic is we haven't come to a full revelation of who's in the boat with us. I mean, we know someone's in the boat and you might know his title. They knew his name. His name didn't change. Like it's not once he was on the cross and they're like, oh, Jesus. Ah, like Jesus, the Messiah. Gosh, I just thought it was like Jesus, right? Like they didn't get it. Like, no, it's that Jesus can be introduced to you, but the revelation is one that has to come through relationship. And the more we actually get in relationship with him, the more we actually start to understand why he would say, why are you afraid of 10 foot waves? Because you've got the God that holds them. But if all he is is a religion in your back pocket, another way versus the way. I want to challenge everyone that's in our church because we, we, you know, we've got a church, lots of people just come to Jesus in the recent, like, you know, just that's our church. We see salvations. So a lot of people I meet with have Jesus in their back pocket as a way not the way. And the problem is, if he is a way, he is not as big as you actually need to understand he is. And we often have Jesus as a way. So is my career, and so is meditation, and so is just focusing on self. And the reality is that he doesn't say, I'm our way, he says, I'm the way. And all of a sudden, it changes everything. Even the winds and the waves obey him. We've got to understand that when you have a revelation of who he is, it changes the way that you walk and look at the challenges around you. Because you have a revelation of who he is. And right there, we see that these guys, they're sitting there. And I think they thought, I love this, this whole verse because it talks about Jesus, us, and there's a vessel. AKA, there's somewhere we need to get, a way we think we're going to get there, and Jesus is in the mix of it. And I think if you and I could understand that there is a place that you and I want to go, and often the surroundings don't look favorable, but we've got to understand that we've got a God that's in the midst of the storm with us, and He could get us through the things we're going through. It is God that actually changes everything. I want to put this and kind of just flip this on its head for a second. What if you and I could understand and get rid of the things that we follow that are actually keeping us down? The things that we trust that we shouldn't be trusting and we're coming up to an election and I know a whole bunch of people are going to freak out. Whole bunch of people, no matter who wins, someone's freaking out. Like someone's, it's just going to go nuts. But really, let me ask you this. Do you really think that a government's going to give you what you really need most? Is this because I don't believe in government? Am I about to start like a new campaign or something? No. I think we have to honor those that are in leadership. But what I think is this, you can't honor any humanity if you make humanity your savior. Because now you've put too high an expectation on something that cannot deliver it. So then what does leadership really look like? And we hear a lot of this. What's the next option of leadership? Self-leadership. That's what you hear a lot, right? Everyone's like, you need self-leadership. You ever get that in a work review? If you did, you might need to hustle a little harder because that's usually not a good one. But Self-leadership is what we hear a lot. Like, I just need better self-leadership. If I had self-leadership, I'd make better decisions. Here's the problem. I think we live in a self-centric society and everything's about self-empowerment. Like, love self. Like, you have to look after you. Look out for number one. Here's the thing about all those statements. They're awfully lonely because they just have self. And I want to say this. As a Christian, I don't believe in self-leadership. I think we have to actually understand that self-leadership is the problem. You ever trying to tame self? I can't tame Chris Carmona. In fact, I don't want self-leadership. I don't want me leading me. Me has led me to spend money in Nigeria on phones that didn't exist. You know what I mean? Me has led me. Sorry, I love you. Uh, like me has led me into some really bad nights. Me has led me into a lot of like negative bank accounts. Me has led me into some conversations that I really got to come back and apologize about. Like self-leadership is going to be as good as self. That's not good leadership. The beauty of Jesus saying, I'm the way, is you don't have to be the way anymore. 
And when you make yourself and the goal self-leadership, you're still going to depend on you. And you got yourself in the places that you can't get yourself out. So we need this Christ-centered leadership. As a Christian, what we believe is if God is promoting His Son and saying He is the way, then we're going to embrace that way because it is the standard of leadership, not me. It can't be my perspective because here's the thing, the irony of just our our society is we kind of have so many just expectations, but they are hidden in self. Like there's a lot of talk about capital C church and it's just not good enough. And I don't know, I could be part of capital C church because of what it's done in the past. You show me somebody. I mean, that is the ultimate. If Jesus came down today, instead of somebody stoning the prostitute, it'd be Christians stoning the church and picking up stones to throw at capital C church. And Jesus would have to lean next to us and go, those of you without any sin, throw the first stone. Oh, I don't want to be part of something unless it's perfect. So that means no one could be part of you either. How, How does that work? We've got to understand that we live in a day and age that is so like just ironic in that capacity that we kind of hold standards to people that we would never want held to us. Self is so caught up in what we can only see. But when I say, Jesus, I need Christ-centered leadership. Well, guess what? Now I see things as He sees them. I view things through grace. I I view things through healing. I view things through there's a second, third, and whole bunch of chances because that's who he is. We need to abandon self and embrace. It's like, what was that movie? I'm the captain now. (laughs) Jesus is the captain now, okay? Jesus is the one that is taking us through. So here we go. Point number one is this. He is the captain. You are the vessel. If we get this wrong, you won't move. If you get this wrong, you're not going to move in your marriage. You're not going to move in anything you do because I think we like to live this way. I'm the captain looking for a vessel. We'll jump ship, man. We're not, we're not, like, when you got self-leadership, your loyalty is usually paper thin. Because your loyalty is to where you want to be. This is why most people leave churches and look for the perfect church. This is why most people leave relationships instead of building them. This is why most people leave companies instead of being valuable assets to them. Why? Because it's just a vessel. I'm the captain, and I need to look for the vessel that'll get me to the places I want to be. That's all I want. Just give me a vessel. So all of a sudden, we stop moving because we call the shots. And not only that, we put too much trust in things that can't get us to the places we really want to go. But then Jesus comes on the way, the truth and the life. So he comes in and he basically says, hey, I'm the captain. And instead of you putting so much trust in all the things around you, paradigm shift, I actually think you're good enough to be the vessel itself. We don't put trust in us because we're not good enough. It's easier to believe that someone else, something else can get you to where you want to go instead of Jesus using little old you. I don't want to be the vessel. I surely cannot be the vessel. When Jesus says, no, you, I will use you and I will lead you in such a way that you will get to the places that you want to get. Like he uses the unlikely Moses. I'm a stutterer. I'm a stammerer. You can't use me. He uses the unlikely David. I'm the least of these. He uses Paul, who was a murderer of Christians. And now he's the one building the church. This is what he does. And society, and I I think the devil and the ideology of church is that you can't listen to this and you can't come to church because you're not enough. But Jesus partners with the lack so that he could be abundant. It's what he does. You are the vessel. But you are only a vessel if he's the captain. What are the things in your life that you are trusting to get you to the places you need to be? And are you still captain? Or are you allowing Jesus to be your captain? He's the one that tells you left or right. That's what the Bible says. He orders the steps of the righteous. If Jesus is the captain, he's who you consult before you look for any sort of affirmation from the people around you. You consult Jesus on who is next for you. You consult Jesus on forgiveness. If you are bitter in your heart with someone, you don't just go look for justification from your friends. You go, Jesus, what should I do with this? That's why he says, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. This is why we are referred to as Christians as the way, because we follow the one who is the way. And in that we imitate the way he does what? We imitate the way he navigates relationships. We imitate the way he navigates prosecution. Persecution, if you think that as a, as a Christian, like, man, everyone's against me. Well, how did Jesus handle it? He didn't cancel people. You know what I mean? He didn't. 
He just showed love, kindness, spoke some bold truth. But this is what you and I need to be. And we might get further if we actually did it His way. I want to ask you, are you doing it your way? Are you doing relationships your way? Are you doing calling your way? Are you doing your calling your way? Because your calling your way looks safe. Your calling your way is filled with Jesus. I hear the location, but let me choose my vessels. And often Jesus actually will under-prepare you. He'll under-prepare you so that he can over, like just, he just over-delivers. You ever notice that? When he sends the disciples out, he says, don't take anything with you. Just go. Jesus is in the habit of stripping you back before building you up. So if you feel underprepared, then you might be just right on the right track. If you feel like you don't have enough to get there, you just might be heading in the right direction. God, I just don't know that I've got what I need. Yeah, you probably got exactly what you need then. Are you doing your life your way or is God calling the shots? By the way, you can't go through the Bible and tear out certain pages because they don't like, you know, they don't match up just yet. Uh, rather than getting rid of certain parts of the Bible because you don't understand them, what about using certain parts of the Bible as anchors to lift your understanding? Man, God, I don't get how you could say this. Teach me. Instead of us kind of abandoning. And here's the thing, like, you know, like, you ever gone to the gym, but you don't do exactly what the, like, the, the person tells you to do? You just don't want to do it, right? Like, they go curl all the way, but when they're not looking, you're like... I want 17 squats, I'll be back. One, two, three. Like, you're just like, whatever you could get rid of it. Hey, I need you to eat well through the week. And they go, what'd you eat? Well. I mean, I was at Whole Foods and just stayed there pretty much. Like, lived there. Meanwhile, you were at Popeye's and you lived there. And then we have the audacity often to say this, and I've heard it so many times, and come on, if you really think about it, how many times have you said it, we actually talk later and we go, yeah, I don't know that personal trainers are like for me. I just don't think they work for me. But you don't do what they tell you to do. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me, meaning you don't want to work with it. They're not bending to the way you do things, and now they don't work. God doesn't bend to the way we do things anyway. Like, church, doesn't really work for me. Why? Uh, people kept trying to change me. Why are we so afraid of changing? You need changing. Yes. I need changing. Yes. Uh, but people don't love me. Who, don't get it mistaken. People could love you for who you are, but be invested in you for who you're meant to be. Yes. Don't think that a lack of change is an embrace of perfect love. Perfect love holds a standard that says, I believe more for you. At the end of the day, let's not confuse our insecurities and then think that they are actually something that we should be living to. What is your captain? Jesus, if he is your captain, we got to live the way he calls us to live. He calls us to live in community. He calls us to live under authority. He calls us to live in his word. He says this word, abide, meaning you actually got to be part of this relationship. He is the captain. You and I are the vessels. Number two, better calls, better life. That's simple. You ever been around someone that makes great decisions and been around someone that makes terrible decisions? You, you know those people that make terrible decisions because when they tell you the decision, you're like, you're like, you just want to ask them, you really believe that? Like, you're going to do that? Yep. Okay, all right. So you're quitting your job, traveling the world. You're like, yeah, completely. How are you going to get there? Oh, easy. I, this guy came through my work. He's got a network marketing business. And he said in three months, if I sell this juice, I could be in Italy. He showed me a picture of him in Italy. You should see his tan. It was brilliant. I want that tan. And then it's not till you sit there and go, so wait, hold up a second. You're going to sell everything. Do you have savings? No. Sweet. <laughs> like, you just know you're going to get a call from Italy. Uh, so it wasn't a beach, it's a hostel. And um, like, because they're just making decisions. You're like, what? It's real simple to understand. If you've got better calls in your life, you have a better life. It's just how it goes. So who can make better calls? You from your limited place or Jesus from his limitless place? Limitless does not just mean he's got the ability to do. Limitless means that he often has the ability to see what you can't see. You get to leverage perspective that you don't have, which means you make calls that you couldn't make. 
Better calls, better life. You've got to let Jesus be the head and actually start navigating. This is why we don't believe in religion. We believe in relationship because as God and you are in relationship and you can hear from him, all of a sudden you've got the ability to make better calls, not just live limited by the calls you make. A better life comes from better calls. Can you make better calls over relationships? Can you make better calls over your workplace? Can you make better calls in tough seasons? If your call in every tough season is to run, you'll never learn. I think sometimes the best way is through. You've got to go through the storm. Had they not, people could read this and go, man, if Jesus was real, there wouldn't even be a storm. But if Jesus is real, he's not afraid of handling a storm. Jesus needs you to understand the depths of his reality. And that only comes through experiencing the depths of this world, which means that when you go through a storm and he gets you through a storm, you now go unafraid of storms. What is better, to live a protected life without storms or to not be afraid of storms because you've got someone that can get you through them? I think real solidity comes from the fact that you've got a God who doesn't and isn't afraid of the things that can come at you, but he understands that he is bigger than those so you can get through it. And here's the thing as a Christian, with God, the way is often the most difficult natural path. It took a minute before they got through the wilderness. Like, come on, Jesus. Sometimes you're just showing off. God, are you showing off? Did you have to get them through the water? Why could you have not provided vessels? Did you have to create the world's first aquarium? You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Like, what? Do you have to do that? Like, was that the easiest way? Is it just God showing off? Like, I love when you read the creation account. It says that he created everything and then he created light. I feel like God's just bragging. Animals, whatever, did it. Like he does everything the most difficult way, which means that we're often looking for ease, but God's looking for testimony. And if you look for ease, you're going to end up in places that don't do anything because nothing easy in life builds anything. It is my hardest years of marriage that have given us the depth of our marriage. It is the hardest trials in my life that have produced the most, most faith. It is the hardest years of our church that produced the best culture. It is the hardest lessons I've had to learn that created the most wisdom. God is not into easy because he needs you to get quality. And if it's easy, it's usually not, it doesn't have quality. You've got to let God make the better calls and the better calls don't often look like better calls to the natural eye. So what does biblical wisdom look like? It doesn't look like, natural wisdom looks like not losing 10% of your wage. I can't tithe. I can't afford two. I've never heard someone that doesn't tithe that can afford two. You can't. It's kind of like not having, like, you don't want to put gas in your car, but then telling people, well, yeah, I can't, I can't put gas in my car, so I can't go anywhere. Well, put gas in the car. Like, it's just really simple equations. You want to have more? Trust God with what you have. It's just a simple equation. It's just really, really simple. And that's the thing. It doesn't look like worldly wisdom because the world tells us, look out for us, hold what you have. But God tells us, give what you have and look out for everybody else. Why? Because I got you. Point number one, if he's your captain, you become a vessel for generosity. You're sitting there asking why you don't have anything. I'll tell you why you don't have anything because you're also looking at vessels in the wrong way. But if God is your captain, you become a vessel for generosity and a vessel for things that you wouldn't have before because you're doing it his way. It's just a case of better calls, better life. Number three is this, abandon the myth. Abandon the myth that life is meant to be, fill in the blank. Life is meant to be easy. Christianity is meant to be just all super like, just, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I don't know where the unicorns come out of it, but like just everything's supposed to be better, right? Everything's just this mythical, incredible time where things are just better. Well, the truth is this. There is a myth to what you're following. This is the second part of why he calls himself the truth. The, the myth is that there is no space to love others that are different to you because they are a threat to you. The myth is that if you don't look out for number one, you won't get there. The myth is that if you are not in control, you cannot get the things that you want in life. There's myths everywhere. Myths. I can't be vulnerable in my marriage because it'll be perceived as weakness. And as a child, I was taught that weakness will always be exploited. There is myths that control your world, therefore determine what you follow. And we often follow or lack and actually don't follow certain things because of myths. I can't follow 
church leadership because I remember my parents grew up in a church. They got hurt by it. It affected our family so much. Never live out of a wound. If you live out of a wound, you always step cautiously and haphazardly. You don't have confidence. I don't know if you've ever been injured before uh, being an athlete, you know, just whatever. I don't want to brag about it. Uh, what? Um, just, you know, uh, athletic. And, yeah, but I always found it funny coming to America because in Australia, you don't introduce yourself as athletic. Like, I'm pretty athletic. In Australia, you wouldn't say that. You just be like, Australia's like false humility. Like, oh, no, I'm really like, ah, just, and then next thing you sprint. And everyone's like, whoa, you're fast. No, no, not really. It's false humility. But in America, it's just up front, I'm pretty great. You should see me. And I was really great in college, right? Like, so as an athlete, like if you hurt yourself, the game where you come back is always really difficult. Because the game that you come back and someone's about to hit that leg that you got hurt on and you don't have trust in it yet, you're kind of like real cautious. You won't lean on it. You won't favor it. You'll protect it. You're always protective of a wound because you don't want it to happen again. And the only way to fully heal is to go back and do the action that hurts you and it no longer hurts you. Now have newfound confidence and you know you are fully healed. But how many of us live out of wounds? I will never go back. I'll never put myself in a place to be hurt by someone again, a leader, a girl, a guy, a marriage, a whatever, a situation. I tried, I launched a business, I failed, and I just remember having to go back to my family and face them. I will never do that again. And never has become your greatest holding point. Never hold you. And it means that that one experience becomes the tone of the rest of all your life. But the only way is to actually get back and abandon the myth that because you were hurt once, you'll be hurt again. You've got to get back to the place that once hurt you and you cannot live out of the wound. You have to close and heal the wound. We've got to keep moving out of this and we will never lead and we'll never follow the things that we're meant to follow because here's the thing about the devil. He understands your strengths and he tries to convince you they're weaknesses. And if community is our strength, he'll tell you it's a weakness. He'll make sure you feel hurt and insecure in the midst of community. If church is the hope of the world, he'll try to tell you that it's got nothing for you. You are not accepted there. You could not be there. Whatever it might be, he spends most of his time trying to convince you that what you have is something that you should give up. You cannot live out of the wound and the myth that you need to stay protected is one of the greatest myths that'll keep you small. I don't want to live a protected life or a safe life. I want to live a bold life. I want to live a life on the edge. I want to live a life testing every single boundary and all the good boundaries, the ones that say, God, when he says, step out, God, I'm not sure if I can, this is too deep for me. Exactly, son, I'll carry you. That's what we need to be. God, I'm afraid to talk to people. Then you're probably likely meant to talk to people. Push that boundary. Let God be the one that breaks all the myths because he is the truth. You are not the sum of your past. You are not the sum of your mistakes. You are not the sum of your titles. You are what he says you are and maybe you believe things because you're following the wrong things. You're following the wrong Insta accounts. You're following the wrong people. You're following the wrong news stories. You're following the wrong truth. At the end of the day, truth is so relative that if you're living as if it's true, it might as well be. If the lie is true to you, it might as well be just truth. So if you don't get a point of comparison, you won't expose the lie. This is why practically this week, get yourself a Bible reading plan, even if it's three minutes a day, because three minutes of truth is better than no minutes of truth. Whoa, right? It's better than nothing, so just get somewhere. And then up it next month to four, to five. But if you don't start exposing your lies to truth, you'll never know they're lies. Last one is this. You're not any different. Yep. Sorry to tell you. Your mom told you you're special. You're different. I want to tell you, you're not. No one's different. Yep, no special people. No superheroes. Mm -mm. No one amazing. We live in a life, I think, where we believe everyone's amazing. But because we live in a life that's heavily filtered. Like heavily filtered. Like we spend more time in our devices than anything. Like Ords and I have sometimes just been so caught up in our devices that we've not left the house when we should have left. Because we're like, I thought I was waiting for you to finish your makeup. And she's like, no, I was just w- thought I was waiting for you. I thought you were working on your message. I was like, yeah, I was. Not really. I was like on Instagram, right? We live a life and it's viewed by this little device in front of our face, which has algorithms to give you what you're used to searching for. Isn't that crazy? 
It gives you what you're used to searching for and all of a sudden you paint and construct a picture of life that doesn't really exist. And in that picture, we often think, man, Josh is so much better than me. Man, because I just saw, man, they were at an apple orchard the other day. He was with Caleb, his son, and he was smiling. I think I'm sitting here and I just yelled at my son. And there's Josh, the perfect dad. So frustrating. And him and Kelly look so happy. I mean, they just took a photo and they just, he's so photogenic too. Oh, can't stand it. And Gio, man, every meeting, man, he's so prepared. He's so prepared. He's so good at it. And Ke- oh, man, don't even get me started on Courtney. Courtney knows all the right colors. <laughs> Courtney's house is never dirty. I've seen it on Instagram. Every single angle looks just great. And oh, don't even start on my friend's churches. I mean, every, it's like every seat is full. Although you can't see every seat. Every church leader knows that's an old trick, right? You don't, you don't take a photo from the empty seats. Like, you know what I mean? And everyone that's on Instagram knows you don't take a photo of the dirty rooms. And Josh doesn't take photos of the moments that he's disciplining Caleb. And you're definitely not going to Instagram story your fight. Hey. Oh, she's mad. Oh, yeah, she's mad. Like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that and we construct a life that tells us that everybody is different. But can I tell you, when I came to Chicago, everyone's like, ooh, church in Chicago, I don't think it's gonna work. People in Chicago are different. (laughs) Listen, I know that we're in, in in a world of racial tension right now and we have two dichotomies that we're celebrating. The physical differences that make us different, if you can't see them, then that's a problem because God did them intentionally. But can I tell you, if you zoom out enough, that's the thing about differences, right? In order to see where we're different, you have to really zoom in. You have to really zoom in. Even genetically, I think there's like something like a 0.5 difference that makes us different. That's nothing. If you're not zooming in, you don't see it. So that's what we're talking here. Now, if you zoom out enough, you'll realize that humans are just humans. Like if you're far out enough from from earth, you'll just see that every morning people go to work, people eat, people breathe, people come home, people sleep. And can I just tell you that planting a church in this country and being in other countries, what I've learned is people are not really that different. Everyone has struggles. No one's living the life they really want. Everybody gets lonely. Everybody has a negative view of themselves and doesn't see themselves the way that God actually really sees them. And I've got to tell you, why am I preaching this point? I'm just preaching this point to tell you that the other points, you need them. That's all I'm preaching this point for. I'm just preaching this point to tell you, you need these other points. You, you need this message. And I'm just telling you this too, in case you thought you're different and you're excluded from the fact, I don't need Jesus or the Christianity thing. It's just like a, a hand up for all the weak people. You need Jesus because you're also lonely because you've also had negative thoughts because all your successes still leave you lacking in every area that you wish you had more. I just want to tell us all in this series, if we could have the revelation that we're no different, we'll actually stop talking down to ourselves and thinking ourselves as failures because I don't have the same Insta life that somebody else has when the reality is we all wake up with the same issues and Jesus is the answer to every single one of us and that's all we need. So if you're on the other side of this camera, you're like, I'm not like you, Chris, I got depression. I'm not like you, Chris. I can't get up in the morning and get out of where I'm at. I'm not like people, church people. I'm not like a Christian. I'm not happy, go lucky. Well, guess what? Neither am I all the time. Because we're not different. And it's because we're not different that we need a savior. It's because we're not different that we need each other. And if you sit there, don't believe the lie that you're different. In fact, it is the fact that you've believed that you're different that has stopped you from actually embracing everything that God's got for you. And maybe you don't want to come to church or maybe you're struggling with saying yes to Jesus because I'm just different. Don't believe the lie. You are actually more like me than you know. And I'm more like you. And our color and our background and our labels and our upbringing doesn't have to factor in as much as we think it does because it's much of a muchness. My challenges might look different to you and yours to mine, but they're still challenges. You'll never find someone on this earth or in this place without one, which means we all need a savior. I just want to ask you, where do you stand in your belief with Jesus? Like, do you know that He's got you? That you're no different? In fact, there's this terminology put that He is not a respecter of persons, meaning that He doesn't favor Geo more than He favors you or me. He looks at every single one of us and He's like, I've got a plan for you. I made you. There is no mistake. Well, God, where were you when I was hurting? I'll tell you where He was. He was right there by your side. And maybe the only reason you got through that hurt was because He carried you. And often when someone carries you, you don't see the fact that you're being carried. He's got you. And it's simple to activate what He's got for you. It's literally a relationship. 
relationship. How does that start? The Bible puts it this way. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you shall be saved. Saved. Saved doesn't mean safe. Saved means that you will constantly and consistently be carried through the storms and through the challenges by a God that promises you not a life without trouble, but a life that will always equate to the promises He's got for you. There is a bigger life for you, a better life for you, and leadership is where it starts. And all leadership starts with fellowship. And I just want to ask you, can you follow Jesus? It's not, it doesn't look like a set of rules. Often it looks like on your worst day, can you follow Him out the door because He says that He's got something waiting for you on the other side? Can you follow Him out of the dark thinking that you are not enough because He says that you are? This is what following Jesus has looked like for, my, for me in my life. It has been constantly getting up and believing and showing Him showing me that there's more for me. If that sounds appealing to you and like, Chris, I need that. I don't know about next year and I don't know if I'm going to be the best Christian. Let's just start with number one. Do you want Him in your world? And if you're saying, Chris, that's me, I need Him. I need Jesus in my life. Then what we're going to do is this. We're going to pray a prayer and it's inviting Jesus into our heart as our Lord and Savior. And everything goes from there. So come on, on the count of three, we're going to close our eyes. If you're in a watch party, no matter where you are, we're going to give people privacy. If you're out on a train, whatever, you just take this moment, however you feel comfortable. As long as you say it in your heart, God hears it. So come on, one, two, three, let's go. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I thank you. You forgive me of all my sin. I have a hope, a future, and a destiny through a relationship with you. Jesus name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. So, hey, on the screen, you can follow the prompts. We wanna give you a gift. It is the book of John, it is a Bible. We wanna get it to you because it is everything that you need. It talks about how God loves you, the plans He's got for you, everything that's ahead for you. So just follow those prompts. It is free, it is awesome, it is yours. And for the rest of us, can I just encourage us around our giving, those that call people church home, we are called to be generous. And I know that this season is challenging, no doubt, but it's who we are in our challenging seasons that actually make us. And I wanna encourage you that giving is twofold, one about what it brings into your world, but also who you're called to be in the world around you. We as the church need to shine brightest in this season while people are losing jobs, while people need help. We need to continue to be the church that can provide it. You've done so well with the COVID fund and the generosity. Do not hold back now. God is very aware of what's in your circumstance and the principles of generosity will get you through the storms in life. Also on the other side of that, if you are listening to this and you need help, we're here to help. Okay, if you need anything, our church is generous for you. For that very reason, that we might be able to help you. Now, we might not be able to do everything, but let us know and we will do whatever we can because this is what People Church is here for. Amen. Come on, People Church. So let's lift our faith. Let's lift our eyes. Uh, I'm excited about this new series, Leadership. We're going to discover what it looks like to follow the right things so that we could get to the places that we're called to get to. We'll see you back here next week.